راح Hi, I'm Sada. And I'm Sada. And this is No Sir, No Ma'am, a weekly podcast where we drag our timelines for being trash. If you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Twitter at NSNMPodcast or through the hashtag NSNM. Or alternatively, I don't know why I keep saying this, you can hit us up on our email at NoSirNoMa'am at gmail.com. I don't even know why we still try. I don't know. Girl, I don't know. Um, disclaimers for today. Uh, my internet is absolute ass just the worst kind of connection i don't know what's happening with kanab yeah, these days the, the internet is not here for us it's today it's really not <sighs> okay. so yeah this is gonna be struggleicious disclaimer on my part I am super sick, so I might sound even weirder than usual. Uh, Also, I just had an indecent amount of Korean food, (laughs) so I'm in a bit of a food coma. I'm so jealous. Uh, But I'll I'll try to pull through. All right then. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess I guess we we should start. Let's start on the home front this not this week. It is definitely it was not this week. It was last week. Yeah, we're we're a bit late to the party. We've been trying to record for a while, but you know things happen. Things happen. Um, life is hard. But Go we'll ahead. get to it now. Yeah. So yeah. let's let's uh yeah, let's start with the home front. So we are not at the tail end. We've just had some time to digest um, the national civil disobedience that happened in Sudan. I don't. I feel really uncomfortable about saying in Sudan because I or I only know that it happened specifically in Khartoum, but like I have no way of telling. Like I don't know if other people participated, oh. but in Muhim, I I think I saw people post pictures of other cities where um, stores were also closed and stuff, so I don't really know. Okay, well, okay. Allegedly, civil disobedience happened all across the country. Um, what were the dates? What was it? November... Uh, 20, what is it? 24th, 25th, and 26th? Girl, I, I don't know. Al-Muhim hasad. Right, the civil disobedience basically took shape in the form of people staying home from work for three days, um, and honestly, I feel like the first two days, especially, were a raging success. Like there was a noticeable difference, especially on the first day, for Khartoum. Hold on. Do do you want to give a uh, context? Sure. To yeah. how and why this happened? Because here's the thing. Honestly, I was super, super, super busy that week, and I had no idea what was happening on social media. But I read like snippets and got bits and pieces um, of people like creating a hashtag and trying to organize this. And I had like I didn't know what would come out of it. Right. 
to be honest, like I was a bit skeptical and I don't know. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe we should explain why this happened. Okay. Well, in a nutshell, right there, yeah, I mean, in the last maybe couple of weeks or the, the couple of weeks before that happened, or maybe three weeks before that happened, um, Al-Hakuma decided to float the dollar. So basically, um, the, ex- the official exchange rate went from five something, like five pounds something to the dollar. That's what all the banks were giving to 15 something to the dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Which created unbelievable inflation. Right, right. So prices skyrocketed. Um, in addition, they also like lifted the subsidies on fuel and other like essentials. Prices were through the roof. Uh, people were really starting to struggle, and the the with the the floating of the dollar, whatever, with the the official exchange rate changing, the 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 industry or whatever that it was affected the most was um, pharmaceuticals. So so a lot of really basic because people couldn't afford to bring them in or people couldn't afford to buy their medications anymore because of the price changes and here's the thing that just to go on like a sort of a, a side note that's related to this it was kind of shady because so the prices changed for a new the new blah, right? So okay. it would be more expensive now to bring in new adwia. But the things that were on the shelves, the prices shouldn't have changed. The price change should have only been on new product that was coming in. But a lot of Sayyidaliyat changed their prices immediately. Yani the day this went into effect, the day hum So people yesterday bought their dawa for 15. But I, I think that... That kind of makes sense, no? How would that make sense? Because regardless of whether you already have the medicine um, on your shelf, if the official exchange rate changes, it means that you as a business are going to be spending a lot more money. Like you're going to have higher expenses. So you try to... Girl, I don't know. I'd... Uh, Economy was my favorite subject <laughs> in school. I mean, I can, but in my I, head, it kind of makes sense. I just don't know how to explain it because it's like a general inflation thing, right? Like I feel like that's the way businesses took it. But I think from an ethical standpoint, when you bought you right? So when you hike up the price on bala that's already on your shelves or that's already in your storage units, that means that inta tarbah asli. But as as a business owner, like, aren't you also supposed to think of your expenses? Because if, um, like, you wake up and everything is more expensive because of this crazy inflation, that's like 300%. And, um, like, everything is more expensive. So eventually you're going to have to pay your employees more. And you're, like, I don't... I. I think it kind of makes sense. Like maybe not to hike up the prices to that extent, but I feel like it's a natural reaction for a business owner. I feel like the the consumer is not the only person 
being affected by this, right? Businesses are all obviously being affected. Pharmacies are obviously being affected. Unmahim. So basically, that's what happened. People were like, fuck this shit. Like, nah, <laughs> this isn't, we're not about this life. Like, khalas, this is like, uh, mm-hmm. then there was, you know, the 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 famous, or I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you call it famous, but Unmahim, there was a picture going around of this older man, older gentleman, with a sign that says, uh, you know, أنا عندي ضغط وما بعرف شنو I can't buy my ما بقدر أشتري يعني ما عندي حق الدواء and um, it was addressed he says أنا ما عندي حق الدواء يا عمر or something like that basically talking to Umar al-Bashir and he is an older man it's a very heartbreaking photo mm-hmm. um, so people decided that like th- there was there needs to be some stand to be taken in you know in response to this and the best way they could come up with was the civil disobedience basically urging people people decided no more word. people are just like you know what fuck this you know which which is a legitimate concern like when you can't even afford like basic life-saving you know your everyday mm-hmm. medica- medication like what, what are you supposed to do like uh, what's the point of me going to work or doing anything word. so um they organize, and I'm and here's this thing. I'm already, I'm also like kind of confused about, not kind of for real confused about. I don't know who organized the civil disobedience. I feel like it just somebody threw it out there and then it grew organically. But I mean, uh, regardless, people decided to go on a civil disobedience. You know, I'm sure like rally up the people to just stay home. Don't go out and protest. Don't do nothing. Don't cause trouble. Don't go to work for three days. Which which I thought was actually a really good way to go about it. Because uh, last time people organized right. protests, it was... Tragic. Um, there were a lot of casualties. It was tragic. So I I thought it was actually a really good idea yeah. to tell everyone to just stay at home and not to say that they weren't any uh, casualties this time because they did arrest um, a few activists and like Michelle Shalom in right? Right. Um, so there's still that, but I like it was a, a smarter way to go about. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a smarter a smarter um, tactic. But let me also say that before that even happened, there were protests. Um, first of all, this is like coming on the tail end of the doctor's strike and then who were later joined by the pharmacists. So the pharmacists were also um, striking. And mm-hmm. then there were protests, like the pockets of protests, whatever, who would just stand... By the side of by the side of the road with signs and like him, you know, with whatever whatever protesting and those people were arrested, and so it was kind of like the next step was just like okay, you're gonna take us off the street even if we protest peacefully, then we're just gonna stay home and not go nowhere. Word. So the first day I felt like was really successful. Like you definitely noticed a huge difference. It was quiet okay. at a time when it should have been rush the hour. Thing. The the first day was a Sunday, right? Because yeah. it was the beginning of the week. And I called my mom at like, I think it must have been like 1 p.m. ish or something in Khartoum. 
And I mm. asked her how it was going, and she said that in Sugnimretnen, um, she didn't feel like anything had changed. She was like, oh, you know, it's mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. as usual, it's fine. Like, I took, you know, Amjad, and there's like, and it's all good, and all of that. But then when I looked at pictures um, on Twitter, it seemed like Khartoum was a fucking ghost city. Like, there was, it was different. Like, you could definitely. Right see the impact of this civil disobedience yeah i definitely think that it depends on the area because a lot of people were like it was it was um it was kind of like business as usual but where i was definitely was like ghost <laughs> like even in the middle of the day and you would notice that in the kakin that would otherwise be open. Okay. Um, Shara al Ma'arad was was liter- was almost ghost, like Talat Arabat or something. Um, uh, as you go down, I think it just depended on how how like the people of that neighborhood and how how in, you know how like Nashitin they were in getting people to to mm-hmm. join because, for example. Um, like Al Ma'amura, mm-hmm. there were places for Ma'amura that like Shara Yuba was like dead. Mafia, there was okay. like three stores open. Yeah. So and um, if you look on Twitter, Um Durman like was really yeah. And Um Durman can fi afarik kabir shadid hasab asur. Bahri bardo can fi afarik kabir shadid hasab asur. But the thing that I wanted to mention was that. People were really into it. Like, even the people who didn't strike, there were a lot of people, like, they didn't strike the first day, and they were like, oh, wow, this is for real. I feel yeah. like a lot of people didn't believe it. They didn't think it was going to happen, including myself. I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be... Well, same. That's what I was saying. Like, I saw the hashtags and stuff, and I was like, oh, that would be really cool, but is it really going to happen? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Right. And I, I didn't expected to have that much impact um i mean i don't know right, right. but I, I was really happy that it did i was like oh my god yes girl you finally know the power of staying at home because that's what the french do and like right. every other day like if you're not happy with something just stay home and yep and it's usually like really crucial um industries like right. transportation, like SNCF, just go on strike for like three days and you can't take the metro or, you know, in like airports right. or something. And it's a pretty effective, um, uh, what do you call it? The words, they're not coming. It's a pretty strategy, effective <laughs> tactic, tactic I guess. To, to at least, like, start a negotiation with the government on, you know, whatever you're protesting. Right. Yeah, and it, this was a really good first step for me. But now we have to figure out, first of all, how to organize. Because I feel like we don't really... Yeah, and You know what I'm saying? Like, they really Word. eradicated this, Word. this and skill we've, in we've us. So now we're this. kind of like... Like, one of the biggest... Um, influences this government has had on like Sudanese people in general is that we've lost we've become numb like we've lost all sense of 
you know, civic activism. And I have this, okay. So last time my dad was in Sudan, um, he took uh, Amjad to go to Wasta al Khartoum. So he rides and he tells the guy that he's going to Shari' 21 October. <coughs> and the guy's like, oh, I don't know where that is. And my dad is like, it's okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so he rides and then he starts talking to the Amjad driver who was apparently like some really young, you know, 20 something year old mm-hmm. guy. And my dad is very, very talkative. So he starts, you know, a conversation with this guy and he's like, Inta, um, October da. Okay, so you don't know where it is, but do you know why it's called right. October? And this young guy was like, no. Wow. He was like, no, wow. what, like, whatever. I never thought of it, but why? And my dad was so shocked. He was like, I cannot believe this is what, you know, became of you know, our revolutions right. and like everything that his generation worked for. And he was really sad, to be honest. Well, it's deliberate. It's deliberate. It's a deliberate move to make people not know their history. You don't know your history. You don't know how to stand up for yourself. Therefore, you will always be at the mercy of whoever's whoever's foglek, you know what I'm right. saying? If you don't know the history of civil disobedience and protest and revolution for Sudan, then you don't think that you're capable of doing that. Word. You don't have any precedence to go on and be like, oh, yeah, okay, hey, they did it so we could do it. So now... We're kind of like in a place where خلاص like جديد where it's not even that we are, you know, we've reached a point of apathy. It's so bad that we're apathetic, but now it's so bad that like we're beyond apathetic. We're like, okay, are you fucking shitting me at this point? Like, but but like, come on, come on, يعني. So now you see people are starting to feel a little bit. More people, I should say. I won't say people. And more people are starting to feel like, okay, there's, we need to, something needs to happen. Something needs to change, right? And that's great. Yeah. But I feel like we still have way too much to learn and, and unlearn. Yeah, and, uh, and unlearn. But also, in we get really excited very quickly and we don't know how to curtail our expectations. Mm-hmm. And and that's really detrimental mm-hmm. because you would see in them from and the, we and we don't know how to maintain momentum. Yes, yes. Also, I feel yes, and that's for me. I feel like that's due to a lot of it is due to our excitement. Like because we're so excited, we feel like halas things are supposed to happen now. now, and I'm like, no, it's more of a slow build than it is an actual. Over, it's not overnight, you know what I'm saying? So when we got excited the first day and everybody was like, oh my God, I was like, yo, chill. Like, mm. not yet. <laughs> that quickly. Not, not today. Yeah, not today, not tomorrow, not this month. Like, no. Like, I feel like people got way ahead of themselves and in the process... And that, that like breathes disappointment because then when things don't happen as fast as you think they should, then you're like, see, it was a failure. Yeah. When it's like, no, this was a good thing to build on. This was a good first step. So that was that was one thing that like kind of 
not disappointed me, but I, because I expected it, I, I expected that people were going to get way ahead of themselves, but it was just sad, but it's also completely understandable because we still don't know how to organize, and I feel like, especially with young people, like the youth, I feel like we're very sort of like into this, uh, what is it called? Um, yeah, and it, immediate satisfaction oh, yeah. definitely and then when it doesn't we just give up like yeah. forget it man it's not gonna, it's never gonna happen no things take time so you know we need to build so here's the thing here's here's why i say this people are now planning for another round of civil disobedience starting okay. the 19th of december okay and I'm like, cool, but also, we didn't really sit down and like take stock of what happened and what we could change and why, like how we could make things better. I feel like it's too here's, soon. Okay, here's my question. Has anything changed after the first um, round of civil disobedience? Like did the... well. Um, prices drop for anything like fuel or doa or like what what happened? The one thing that did change is that as al adwiya or technically as al life saving doa mm-hmm. as they call it, rajat li asasi oh zaman, which begs the question: How? Word. If the prices went up because y'all changed the dollar exchange rate, how is it that you can make the meds prices go back down? That's... You know what I'm saying? There's something fishy about it. That is actually really weird because um, you know how when this whole thing started, there was this really inaccurate hashtag that said uh, or whatever. But the thing is, apparently... They're they're not subsidized. No, they're not. So, and that's another whatever, problem with this um, whole movement. Hike in prices happened was just inflation. It wasn't right. You know that they were being desubsidized. So I was really, I don't know. I think I I don't understand. Well, somebody said, oh, it was Trevor Noah. I was watching Trevor Noah's um, interview on the Breakfast Club. Okay, and he mentioned how we now live in a post-fact world which everybody's been saying lately this is like a, a, you know a new hot button whatever word this like whole post-fact world which is true yeah we don't really deal in facts anymore it's just like whatever is said fact, whether it's substantiated or not so because we live in a post-fact world first of all that hashtag is like bruh you don't know what you're talking about, first of all. So mm-hmm. then, Hakuma, I feel like they played, they played that really smart, because they were like, "All right, Nobody knows what kind of after effects that How? has because, yeah, because it's not subs. They weren't subsidized to begin with, but now it looks like they were. Word, and that shit is smart as fuck. Word. Meanwhile, as added Hayat that are already that were subsidized, like. Al-ish, like al-benzene, all al-kahraba, all those things are still 
up in the air are still high as hell. Where I didn't even think of that. But now we we've forgotten about all those things, and this is a point that a lot of people are making during this whole civil disobedience thing. Like I know this isn't just about al adwiya. This is about everything. This is about al azhar kulla hayat al hayat kulla. Al adwiya is just one part of it. But we just focus on this one thing and ran with it. And so now they can throw us a bone and we'll be like, yeah, cool. Yeah. And that's, and that's oh, the problem. Oh my God. I, I saw someone share um, like a little video from that guy on NBC. I think he used to be a YouTuber or something. And now he has like a late night show sketch thingy. Do you know who I'm talking about? The, the Saudi guy on NBC who's supposed to be funny, I guess. I've never watched his shit. And I think he started on YouTube. Someone said that. Okay. And now he's like, he has this kind of like, I don't know, like a Jeleno kind of late night show thing. Anyway, um, so he was saying, oh, I got a letter from like um, my Sudanese friends and viewers and uh, they're complaining about the fact that their government just uh, desubsidized um, uh, pharmaceuticals and, you know, like, and he's like, Aslan, like, I understand um, that when a government uh, desubsidizes, desubsidizes, <laughs> Girl, I'm so tired. When when the government bitfarud them on a product or another, it's because they have a budget problem. And he's like, right. oh, so, you know, when it's electricity, you can just say, like, you're going to use a little less of that. Or, like, if it's fuel, then you're not going to take your What car, like, one out of two days. But when it's medicine, like, that's really important because what are you going to do? Where are you going to die? And, like, bruh, I get your point, but that's no. not... That's kind of problematic because as a government, you are supposed to provide um, those things. Basic, <laughs> just basic human necessities. Like you can't tell fuel. me. Like, how is that? How are you going to say, let me not take my car today because fuel is because too expensive? Because the government not, has a budget like, problem. If you have a government, that is literally your job. That is literally your job to provide those things. Because if not, then let's just all live in anarchy. Like, what the Also, fuck? thank you for completely removing any accountability or responsibility from the government. You're, you're Like, talking about it in a vacuum Word. is so fucking dumb. Word. Like, how can you say that, oh, because when the government has a budget has a budget problem. But the budget problem is does. Like, that's so dumb. Why don't you... What are the reasons not, why not we have a budget problem. problem? Especially in a country where you pay taxes on, like Sudan because people do pay a lot of taxes. On everything. That is not my problem. Like, I need this electricity 24-7. I am going to be watching TV 24-7 like my curling iron and it's not my problem to worry about the government's budget like that's not that's not girl what the fuck that's not average Usman's responsibility to be like oh the poor hukuma and the budget problem bruh 
Are you kidding me? Not my problem. Also, not to mention that we there are so many receipts, so many receipts, that prove that our budget problems have nothing to do with the citizens and everything to do with abuse Word. of power and funds and our Word. money. Please Word. spare me. And bad management and... Like, no. Girl. Yeah, Allah... This, this um, civil disobedience. I mean, obviously, this could be just a rumor. But rented out cars from car rental places to drive around so it would look like there are people on the street. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Which, I mean, sure, it's a rumor, but I really wouldn't be surprised. Like, I, I thought it I was wouldn't be surprised at completely all. believable. With like our government's, um, you know, notorious their propensity to do the most, <laughs> to do the absolute yeah, most, pretty much. Also, mm-hmm. let's talk about how we can make cuts somewhere else. For example, on our like ninety nine percent defense budget or whatever, like <laughs> word or 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 the fact that like government officials. There's so much of money, so much taxpayer money goes towards paying government official and not just their salaries, but like ridiculous stuff like cars. Like everybody needs to have a four wheel drive. Girl, not even that. Like, let them have whatever. You're a government official. You can have your salary and your nice house and your car and your driver. Can you just please like stop stealing at least? Like just, just stop. Like word. It, just, just that. That's that's all we ask. Just don't steal. Cause that's like, girl. That's what my dad says. He's like, you know, in Morocco, there's also quite a bit of corruption, and mm-hmm. I think, I, well, I guess that's basically everywhere. I mean, I don't know, but he's like, yeah, in Morocco, um, like a high government official would try to, you know, sneak his way into some, like, foreign investment and maybe get, like, 40% of the cut. But at the end of the day, 60% of the cut is going to his country because... Because they're decent. Not they're, decent, they're, girl. Fuck that. But they... They, they have a fuck to give about the country. some kind of vision for their country and where they want it to be in a few years. And I feel like people in Sudan are just, like... Like, he's just going to take... 90% of the budget and then like they'll work it out which brings me to my next point which is oops sorry about that that was that was weird what happened girl stealing aside and uh mismanagement of funds aside and just blatant just you don't you don't care about us aside i feel like kashab but it just, it really, the thing that ironically hurts me the most is that these people continue to talk shit. Like, you're already running the country into the ground. You're already pocketing ridiculous amounts of money and benefiting directly from taxpayer pounds. But you still want to talk shit. You still want to be like, Girl, these Kazans stay doing the most. Like. As if you're doing us a favor. As if this is not your job. 
Like, I don't understand that. Please just do not, like, why do you have to also insult us? Why do you also have to, like, you already bully us on every other aspect of our lives. Why do you have to also have to just be rude, just plain just hurting our feelings? And, like, the whole Uzr al-Aqbahminism of, like, (laughs) somebody, I don't remember who it was, Naib al-Rais, whoever, was, like, the headline uh, in the paper was everybody's uh, civil disobedience. That's guy of Utah. People are dying. And this dude says, as long as we have a hotline to God, we'll be fine. Huh? What? Are you high? <laughs> what does that even mean? What is a What? What? Like, the kalam bitgulu. I have no words. I just, I don't. I want to know why. I just want to know why. Why do you feel the need I to insult our intelligence? Out of words. You, you oppress us and insult our intelligence. Like, why do you feel the need to make us feel like you're doing us a favor? Like somehow this isn't your job. Somehow you were sent here to save us from ourselves. But you're not doing any of that, and you want to have attitude. You want to have an attitude when you're not doing the same thing you said you were coming to do. Like, I don't, it just confuses me to no end. Like, I'm just like, Whatever. That's the that's the part of mean, Okay, sure. that's why they came, right? That's why it's called Hakum Tir Inqas. That's what they said, right? And then you want to come and then you decide Allah Sultan the Hilwa Shadid, or Guruj the Hilwa Shadid, or Sefer the Hilwa Shadid, or Beautiful Kabir the Hilwa Shadid. And you start, to, you start to just, you know, just collect that shit. Great, wonderful. Mumkin to collect that shit and be upfront about it? I know. Cool? Cool. You want to say something about it? No, you're going to die. You're going to go to jail. Uh, you're going to be exiled. Okay, cool. That's all you need to do. Just don't talk. Just... Just stop talking. Word. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Make any like, statements. We don't need to know your opinion. We don't need to know what you want to say about how things are going. And then all the other people who are like, oh, all that's happening to us. Oh my God. Can we please discuss that on a side note? Like, because I've seen a lot of that shit float around This Twitter. was a real argument. Yeah, where... This was a real <sighs> argument that many people were making. Not one person, not two people, many. Nas kubar, nas sugar, nas mafut to know better. Ya khazori gulek, awlaya ihna, ihna, mahagadawa ma'indana ashan, ashan, ashan barat ma'am hagyabat. Itta ahbal. And that's why nas al-hukuma... Uh, stay doing the most and saying shit like we have we still have a hotline to god because clearly their um because y'all fucking most eat it up terrifying weapon is brainwashing and obviously it's working if you have people saying that like oh you know this is all happening to us you know obviously it's working so 
that's you know that's been their policy for 30 years now and that's what it is it's like logic completely goes out the window the moment you say the word god they know that it works it's 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 foolproof you say rabbana and خلاص الناس دي كلها بتسكت يا اخي انه يقول لك والله يا ربنا زعلان مننا وبتاع عشان كده انت نعرفك شنو how you know وليه ربنا زعلان مننا وما زعلان منك انت word انت قاعد تسرق وقاعد تعمل سبعه وزمته وتكذب وتكتل وربنا زعلان مننا نحن word are you is this a joke <laughs> and, and the sad thing is is the most oppressed people who think this way the most what the most oppressed people oh, think yeah. this way. Yeah. It's not the it's not the privilege where like, oh Rubana Zanamina, that's why all these people are suffering. It's you, it's the person who's suffering. I will lie, I must I must oh, it must be because Uhti That's why. Bruh. Yeah. I just need people But his historically that's how it's always been. Like the most oppressed people always turn to um religion to you know explain and justify their condition so it kind of kind of makes that i don't know i just you know i i think it's really interesting how we are very good at placing blame on people on anyone except the actual person to blame yeah, and it's not a question of inno and we don't know how to give accountability or we don't know how to how to uh-huh. It's just that it's more convenient for us maybe or we're so easy to fool. Yeah, like that's very subjective. Like like it depends on you know your values and convictions and all of that and if you do believe that this hukuma came to save us uh because you know we were living as savages um before that uh savages and infidels and that they came to put the word of god in our hearts um and on our heads <laughs> then that's you know for you that's that's not the person to blame obviously the person to blame is the girl who's not wearing hijab or like whoever so i would understand that if it was only those people but and i've seen this i've seen this argument being made on twitter many a time Equally, oh my god. Where this all this is coming from? with no morals, running around here doing God knows what. There's a reason this is happening. Have you ever asked yourself what also, that that's, reason is? that's really contradictory. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Because, um, like, if... I don't know how I'm going to formulate this thought because I'm really, really tired. And the sentence is already really long in my head. God, give me strength. But my point is, um, if... Like our parents' generation 
uh, who, you know, grew up in the 50s and 60s in Sudan and they didn't really wear hijab and, you know, like the women dressed as they pleased and all of that. Was that mujtama' munhat or, right, like, because all I see now when I go to Sudan is fucking ninja girls in niqab and shit. Like, how is that? Which one is? I don't understand. And here's also the thing. This is an argument that other people have made um, also on Twitter in response to this. Is like, You know what I mean? Like, why isn't he punishing Nas America or Nas Europa who are quote-unquote منحطين Word. <laughs> who are more منحطين than we are yeah. by your standards. Like, also, I just feel like we're so quick to give excuses to people in power. I don't understand that. I never understood that. When you should be high, holding them to a higher standard, you give them all the excuses in the world. But girl, it's been 30 years. They've brainwashed so many people. Like when you see um, all the changes they've made to... Um, like school programs and stuff it's it's insane like i'm surprised that people our age can like function at all with all the shit they've been fed like it's not hey i mean i don't know which is why i, I want to say that it's like halla is definitely not overnight if you you know if change is great but there's so much work to be done there's so much work to be done to even get to the point where yeah. we can start doing the work. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, and that's the thing. You have to unlearn 30-some uh, years or 28, is it 28 years? Yeah. Of, um, of, a, of yeah, of just being completely uh, passive and numb and uninvolved politically. There's a lot of unlearning to do. Girl, are you going to get arrested after this episode airs? Please don't. <laughs> Probably. But nobody listens to us anyway, so. Oh, no, you're American. So you're we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, all that to <laughs> okay, say, then. a good job, everybody. I feel like a collective yes there, yes ma'am to Shaba Sudani for, for coming through in the clutch. Um, and at least showing that, that, that like there there's still we still feel something and we word girl i was so surprised when i saw the pictures i was on twitter like yes girl yeah that was that was majorly uplifting to see American trash is always Oof. on one. Like, there's all... Girl, we're going to have four years of, of like, this. steady content from Trump. Yep. Yep. So, okay. Do you want to give context? Sure. Okay, so, um, Tommy Laren is this 20-something uh, blonde white woman. She's a child. She's a child. She's like twenty. She was years born in ninety two. Jesus Christ. I don't mean, is that like, well, no, she's twenty four. She's twenty four. She's a child. Like she's way she's too young to be on all she's that a baby. shit. She's a young woman who um a young conservative white woman who has a show on something called The Blaze, whatever the fuck that is. 
The blaze is like a concentrate of white supremacist content. Welp. Basically. <laughs> so Tommy Laren has this show on The Blaze. And uh, her f- segment, Final Thoughts, at the end of her show, is always one of great controversy and um, gets a lot of attention because of the outlandishly <coughs> racist, uh, inflammatory things that she says. Um, she usually goes on a rant on this Final Thoughts segment about somebody, usually a person of color, <laughs> and uh, tells mm-hmm. us why they're terrible people or why Colin Kaepernick shouldn't take a knee at the flag because he's disrespecting. Okay, do you know how many and views um, that one has, the one on Colin Kaepernick and, you know, his protest of the national anthem? Hit me. 66 million views, girl. 66 million why for what for why why do people keep gassing which this tells up? you why i do not understand because she's white because she's a white lady because she's a snowflake <sighs> she's but... a blonde white young woman she's like america's wet dream she's like the one person that anybody will listen to besides oh a white man of any God. age did you see that um uh the the tweet that i sent you yesterday um, so there's this black guy. I really don't know who he is or where he comes from. He's probably some kind of journalist or something. Uh, anyway, he's verified on Twitter. And he writes that um, uh, this Hefa is a friend of his. And, you know, she's not racist. And she only has love and respect for him. And why do haters keep coming for her and all of that? So obviously all of, you Has know, he watched black- any of her... Girl, has he ever seen anything she's ever said? Girl, all of the black uh, feminist uh, Twitter sphere was up in his mentions, like, please save it, you know, Captain Save a Ho shit. Like, they were so over it. Captain Save a Snowflake, honestly. Seriously. And so this, this one girl I follow, I'm not sure who it was. I think it was. Huh, I don't know. Anyway, one of like the the vocal, you know, black women on Twitter. I think she's a writer or something. Mm-hmm. And she um quote tweeted this guy's tweet and she's like, uh, I'm just gonna say it right now, but if this heffa looked like Melissa McCarthy, none of this would be happening. Yes, I said it, I'm not sorry. Goodbye. Yeah. Um yeah, and it's true. So. And it's true. She's a, a skinny, you know, conventionally attractive young white woman. Of course. Isn't she blonde? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. She's going to have Girl. these, you know, creepy ass, whatever, creeping out the word we're talking about. Oh, you're just bullying her. And she's my bad student. And she's never done anything to me. Good for you, bro. Good for you. In the meantime... She's sitting here spouting her hateful bullshit mm-hmm. for millions of people to see. And this is what I want to say. It's not even about the fact that she's this uber conservative, uh, you know, inflammatory person. If she, she and Oh, she's, she's just one person idiot. and whatever. If I can't was, be objective. I just very, she, very, very strongly dislike her. I don't like her at all. Because here's the thing. I don't have a problem with people who are 
you know, like profoundly conservative and whatever. They grew up in a Republican household and they're not very aware of their own privilege and everyone around them. Like, whatever. Okay, this girl is just an idiot. Like, I'm not even... She's an idiot. She doesn't make sense. I don't believe she's very intelligent. Uh, she's not very well-spoken. Like, there's nothing there. There's, She's basically a younger, hotter Bill O'Reilly. That is... Exa- like, I can't. I can't. Yeah. She's basic. And she's... she's no, Well, she's basic as fuck. Like, that, that's objective. Like, that's like... I we mean, don't have to argue about that ever. Okay. But uh, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm trying to say. The reason she's dangerous is because there are so many people who watch her stuff. Like, if she was just one random white lady talking on a show. 66 million on one video, girl. And this is just one video. But this isn't, it's not a fluke. It's not because this was about. 66 million is the population of France. That's what oh I'm my saying. God. It's, I just realized it's that. Not a, this, and this video of hers is not a fluke. It's not just one video that got all this attention and then the rest are just adiyat. She gets millions of views on the regular. So her effect, obviously, her impact, whether, whatever, is, is substantial. Al-Muhim, Azola Digam Gyawa, Trevor Noah on The Daily Show. And Trevor Noah, okay. God bless his please, soul. Okay, go ahead because I have a huge philosophical problem with this, with her being on the Daily on the, Show. On the Daily Aslan Show. Okay, but let me tell you my opinion and then you go can ahead. go ahead and like say your piece. Gaba Trevor Noah on the Daily Show. And basically, as he called it, Amala. As he had said in a previous Daily Show episode, like a toddler, right? Where he would just keep asking her to explain herself until she was backed into a corner. That's, that was his tactic, which I thought was brilliant. I didn't understand how he kept his cool during the whole thing. He was very, very calm. He didn't, like, go berserk or be irate with her. And he just kept being like, explain. Well, just explain, explain. And God bless him for doing that and uh, protect Trevor Noah at all costs. That's, that's my thing. A lot of people had a problem with okay. him bringing her on the show in the first place because he's giving her a platform. I have, and he's just giving her extra a time huge to say whatever. Problem. Here's with the that thing, girl. though: like she already has a platform. <sighs> it's not like he plucked her out of obscurity and brought her in, and now like people know who she is. She already. She's no. Been, that's she's that's been not out what here. I no. Okay, that's that's not my point. My my very very big philosophical problem is that that interview served no purpose. Because first of all, the people who watch The Daily Show uh, on a regular basis are probably going to be on Trevor Noah's side anyway, and they're going to be like, oh my God, that racist bitch was on the show and all of that. Like, it's not going to change their opinion of her. Mm -hmm. And also, whatever audience she brought to that show that, you know, normally watch her final thoughts or whatever... And we're in front of Comedy Central to see her. I don't think it changed their opinion either. Like, they were probably like, oh, my God, this African man, he's so racist. And why is everyone hating on her? And like, So at the end of the day, I don't think it served a purpose. Second of all, I think... Before you go on, I just want to say one thing. Go ahead. I feel like the purpose it served is to show the liberals who do watch The Daily Show 
how these people think. In the kalam it's all like circular arguments. But we know that. But not everybody knows that, That's, Sarah. You we, know that. We know you that. Know anyone, that. anyone who's watched her videos knows exactly. Like, I think, girl. You, I, I don't I know. I think you over you overestimate people. I think that a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't don't under don't understand that don't understand that there's no basis to the things that she's saying you know they're wrong because she's not supposed to say them but okay. you don't know why they're wrong like a lot of people a lot of people think that way see i don't okay i i, I don't really think that people who like if you watch her video and you're like oh well maybe she does have a point you know maybe he shouldn't take a knee to the flag and all of that i don't think that her appearance on the daily show would change anything in your mind i don't think um i mean i don't know that's just me whatever my my second and more important point is that it reinforces a culture where the oppressed are always always yeah. all the damn time yeah. the ones extending a hand and trying to understand the oppressor and yeah. i am so over it that i'm I am with you so on. tired of this shit like i can't explain how tired i am of this thing where I'm just, I'm exhausted. Honestly, I can't do it anymore because this bitch is not checking for us. Like she's yeah. not, she's not interested in understanding black people. Like, you know how he asked her why she thought um, black lives matters. It was like the KKK. Um, mat- matter, matters. Was like the KKK, which is something that she argued in one of her videos. She doesn't want to understand. She doesn't want to, yeah. like, if she had wanted to really you know what i mean like she could have invited someone in some way affiliated to black lives matter on her show and maybe discussed it with them or you know maybe she could have interviewed some other black athlete who took a knee to the flag like there's so much you can do when you're on that side of the fence to understand why people feel oppressed but she's not pressed to do that like she does not give a flying fuck and i am so tired of us colored people (laughs) always understanding yeah I'm not I'm not here for it anymore. I'm not I don't need to understand your d- hate spewing talking the side out the side of your mouth. I don't want to know. I don't care what you think or why you think BLM is like KKK. I I don't want to know it. Yeah. I want you to stay in your fucking lane on your white supremacist website. I don't need to see your face on Comedy Central talking to like I I can't. I, it's so irritating. I think why for what? And like the Breakfast Club? Are you for fucking real? Wait, she was on the Breakfast Club? Yes. That's how the whole thing with for, fucking oh, Charlemagne wow. started. Okay. Like why was why was this hoe on the Breakfast Club? Started. Oh, that's right. Why? Like for what? Besides No, I thought he I thought she invited him on her show. I didn't think I didn't know that she was on the Breakfast Club. Wait, maybe I'm crazy, but I'm pretty sure she was on the Breakfast Club. No, I think they tried to get her cuz when I watched the Trevor Noah interview today, they were talking about how they tried to get her on the Breakfast Club. She he was 
Char- um, Charlemagne was on her show. She invited Charlemagne oh, on her show. Now. And I remember watching that and them going back and forth. Here's the thing, though. I agree with you. I agree with you on on your second point because I was I was cringing really really hard watching the Trevor Noah interview with her on the Daily Show because I felt like once again we have to be the bigger people and like we have to be the adults in the room and be like okay and like hold your hand and coddle you and be like oh you hate us but you know. We're just people, just like you. And this you know is I mean? like this just- is doing nothing for colored people in America. Like, not one thing has been achieved right. through these interviews. What it did do, though, is get her a lot more publicity and paint her as the person who is, you know, like she wants to understand and oh my god and she has black friends and what are people on about and she's not right. a racist. Like she she played that really well. Honestly, d- like high five to that because that was some good yeah. publicity stun right there. I think it was I think uh I think Trevor's whole thing is like He's on this very much, especially from when you like listen to his interview. He's very much on this like I just want to understand tip. But I feel like, as a person of color in America, it's really exhausting at this point to always be the one to explain and always be the one to educate and always be the one to be like, okay, well, listen, this is how it is. This is why you have it wrong. When, like you said, these people don't really give a shit about why they have it wrong. They want to be. In their wrong, like their wrong is that it's right, so they don't really care about what you say. And it goes back to this whole like stay in your place. Like you're always supposed to be calm in the face of of adversity. You're always oh, supposed yeah. to be collective and polite that. and respectful and whatever this Fuck whole respectability shit, that. which is really exhausting. And I also feel like if had this been John Stewart, had John Stewart brought Tommy Laren on the Daily Show and then proceeded to rip her a new one. I feel like people would have been like, yeah, go John, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like if Trevor Noah had done that, if Trevor had ripped her and like literally been like, yo, this is why he blah, blah, well, blah. If he had really a dad that's with akhlaq, then it would have backfired for him. That's... Because again, he would have been like, you know, oh, oh, this uppity Negro is in here like yelling at this poor snowflake and he made her cry or whatever I, I, the fuck. I whatever think the fuck that's not even the, like content wise. I think he did an amazing job with what he had. Like he did a really, really good job. Definitely. At not letting her get an aggressive reaction out of him, even though she did say right. and a if you lot of bullshit. Tone, she was aggressive. Yeah, that's my point. She said a lot of bullshit that would get you probably, I want to say slapped, but it might be like stabbed in, you know, in some places. Like, don't don't go there. Yeah. And I think he handled himself really and well. not even that, not even... You know, even the the words that she was saying, that even her tone, her tone was aggressive compared to him. He was really, really calm, and she was like, dush, dush, dush. If she and was that's, very, like, that's exactly why I am so tired of this shit. Like, you invite her, okay, because yeah. you have the responsibility 
as a person of color of teaching this Hefa and like educating her and trying to understand why she hates her people and all of that. First of all, fuck that. Okay. And then you can't like, you don't even get to be aggressive because then it's like, you know, Oh, well, why did you even right. invite her if you're not going to listen to her side? And Right. So you have this obligation to be the good Negro and be like civilized and stay in your lane. Like, fuck right. all of that. Just seriously. I'm over it. You don't it. even get fuck to be angry because then you'll come off aggressive. To, girl, I I'm, hear you. I am, I hear you I'm exhausted and here's the thing, of this shit. Here's the hilarious irony. Um, with his, at, in his interview with The Breakfast Club, Trevor Noah was talking about how the media completely, like, people were ripping him a new one because after the show, he was photographed with her at a restaurant or whatever. And people were like, oh, mm -hmm. Trevor Noah took Tommy Lahren out on a date and my bad if she knew because whoever photographed him then cut out the other people with them. And he was explaining how, like, we took her out because after the interview, people, you know, like, people were going off on her and like calling her a cunt doing this and that and whatever and this bitch and blah 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 and he's like i'm i don't i don't stand for that like in the same way that her language is oppressive is the same way that people were coming at her in an oppressive manner like you know in a, in a misogynistic manner like that's not cool that's not cool with me so my producers and i took her producers and her just like well, like we had a meeting it wasn't even we took her out we had a meeting with her in a restaurant to be like, listen, thank you for the interview and everything, but like, sure, whatever. I don't, I don't really care right about now. that. And Mahim, and Mahim. So it, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But the thing that really upset me the most has nothing to do with Trevor Noah and everything to do with Charlemagne the God. Who, oh my God, Charlemagne goes on Twitter See, and then I don't tweets. Tweets. Listen. Uh, if only. Okay. Like whatever. In a nutshell, if only women of color or black women or whatever would use their platform like Tommy Lahren did or Ta Tommy Lahren does, then maybe we would get somewhere or some shit like that. And I'm like, but okay. Shut. Listen. I was I was upset about the Trevor Noah thing because. Like, I actually like Trevor Noah, and I love The Daily Show, and I've loved it since Jon Stewart and all of that. You expect more and from I, him. And I definitely expect more from him. I hold him to higher standards. Charlemagne the God is a fucking dick, and he thrives on being problematic. And he's, the, like, he is the epitome of misogynoir. Like, he's so disgusting to black women because I don't know if you've ever listened to The Breakfast Club, but his existence is putting down black women and saying that, you know, he prefers white pussy. And like, I don't ca I don't care about this guy. I don't I'm not here for him. I agree that Charlamagne the God is disgusting, but I also just feel like, yo, yeah, I mean, it, did, it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot to 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 fact check yourself like. <sighs> If you're you're insane if you think that there aren't women of color out here doing the using their platform or whatever as 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 wholly as in, and as effectively as Tommy women Laren. of color queer women of color created the hashtag Black Lives Matter like where have you been Word. what is 
And people came what? for him. People came for him exactly with that. Like, they showered him with those receipts. Like, dude, you're talking about Black Lives Matter is the ultimate example of women of color using a platform for, you know, using a platform in the best way. Like, are you kidding me? What are you What are you even on about? Like, are you dumb? He's he he's playing dumb. He's yeah, not like he can't be unaware but it's like, of all the amazing black women on Twitter. Like they're hilarious. They're funny. There's a bunch of writers. There's uh, girl. Like what is? But besides that, yeah, yeah, Sada. Besides that, he's also conveniently ignoring the fact that Tommy Laren has the platform that she has and has the following that she has. Because of her, because of her physical appearance, because the, because she's because she's a white blonde <laughs> young woman, like to be like oh well you guys are just not using it right, is to completely ignore the dynamics of America, is to literally live this situation in a vacuum. You mean to tell me that you understand? how Word. Hollywood doesn't hire actors of color and how there's a Hollywood problem and Oscar's so white. You know all that stuff. You understand all that stuff, but you don't get how somebody like Tommy Laren can be so influential or so followed, but other women can't, like women of color can't, or women of color. But you're not even thinking that. You're not even thinking that women of color can't. You're thinking women of color don't, and that's the problem. You think, oh, you're just being lazy. You're not doing it. You're not putting in the work like Tommy Laren did. I guarantee you, Tommy Laren doesn't put in a fraction of the work that these other women do. But he's, he's, I'm pretty sure, I, I am pretty sure he sometimes says shit on purpose. Like he's purposefully Word. being problematic. And that's even worse. Because that's his bread and butter. That's how he gets listeners for his fucking radio show. That's how he has a very long history of being quite disgusting to black women. So I don't really, I don't check for him. I don't care much for his show. And then he was like at the in the Breakfast Club interview with Trevor Noah. He Trevor Noah was talking about how like I uh, recognize that we live in a really misogynistic world and, and this yeah, this proves it but like we live in a very misogynistic world where women don't have privilege. Like they don't have the privilege that we have as men. And then Charlemagne says I just realized that this year. Uh, what? Yeah, I know. Trevor Noah was like, wait, what? And he was like, I just realized that we live in a misogynistic but world how? this year. But you work... How old are you? But you work what? on a radio show that mainly interviews hip-hop personalities? Sir. How are you... Sir. Sir. Like, music industry and specifically hip-hop is not the most woman-friendly environment. How can you be? Yeah, what did um, I? <laughs> also, like even even like because that's beyond his own person. But even in his own show, because it's him, that other waffle colored guy, and Anjali, and I think DJ Envy, DJ Envy, yeah, that crep colored Negro, and Anjali, and that's crep like they're colored. so they're so misogynistic like if you pay attention to the interviews and like the kind of questions that they ask and she asks like the whole thing is such a fucking yeah. mess and it's right there in front of your face every morning when you go to work so like bitch what's up 
how is it yeah miss me <sighs> you're a grown-ass man please whole, don't go I there i just noticed this year that we live in a misogynistic world boy if you don't <laughs> so, <sighs> anyway about like just just um um to like end the whole uh tommy laren debacle i don't i don't want her to have more platforms than she already has like okay she's on the blaze and unless you specifically look for her videos online or like you specifically look for that channel on your tv if you live in the states then i don't believe she should just invite herself on your tv like that's not i don't want to see her face that and that's just it i am so i am over this whole understanding thing i i cannot because um well i mean we're friends on facebook so you know what's been happening on my wall but the day after trump was elected it was a whole mm-hmm. last mess and one of my good friends whom i love uh bless his heart but he's american and he's a white He is a white cishet man in America. And he had the nerve to tell me on my Facebook wall because I posted something where I was like really upset that Trump was elected. And he said, oh, you know, a racist is not a racist. They're also a human being. And, you know, they act out of anger or whatever and you need to understand that I'm sorry and what I was like, now bitch no not today not ever i am over this i don't nope i feel like i need to look i don't need to understand somebody who wants me dead i feel like i need to look for his post um and read it to you and this is like this is he's a great guy but this is the thing that's been happening since <sighs> trump got elected this whole let's understand let's let's uh, you know give them space to express themselves and let's try to understand where they're coming from but here's the thing when you say let's try to understand where they're coming from you're talking from a place of safety these people don't want to talk to me they don't want to explain their and i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it why should i have to hear it why should i have to hear why someone hates me and it shouldn't be my responsibility it's not my responsibility to, like, to make them feel better about about being trash human beings like no like i'm not going to be okay mm. with understanding why oh maybe your mother doesn't love you and that's why you hate black people or maybe you you know got caught by the dude at the 7-eleven and that's why you hate muslims because you were stealing some candy and he wouldn't let you go like no that's not my fucking responsibility it's not my responsibility to make you feel better about your hate what meanwhile it's okay for you to want me dead i'm supposed to understand that oh This, oh, that's why you want to kill me. That's why I should feel unsafe around you. I already know why I should feel unsafe around you. I don't need to understand it. I'm, I'm not interested. I'm not interested today or tomorrow. Or um, ever. I, or ever. I, I don't want to hear about it. Um, the fact that you would say that is in itself privilege. Thank you. Um, because you're not putting yourself in the shoes of the oppressed person 
and who you're not putting are at this point at worried about their life at all. So why would they worry about making this racist right. person feel better about their hate? Like it's just it's a lot. It's too much. And I've been hearing too much of it. Okay, you need. Okay, I I found I found the post, and I need you, girl. I need you to listen to this. Allow me to gather myself. Okay, go. So I posted um, the Twitter moments of day one in Trump's America, where they basically made um, a collage, if you may. <laughs> of racist and xenophobic incidents um, that happened 24 hours after Trump was elected. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of really weird shit going on. So anyway, I shared that on my Facebook wall. Um, I don't know why, to be honest, because I hate Facebook <laughs> like the plague. Um, well, I, I, I knew why after. But anyway, so this guy, who's a friend whom I've known forever and I like him and he's great and everything, but God damn you fucking white straight hat man. Like don't, Oh my God. So he's like, I think all the racism and xenophobia and the, and the like stem from people being stuck in fear and not allowed to express sadness. Wow. I don't think a racist is a racist. I think a racist is a human who feels some strong fear or pain. It initially angered me deeply at the results and let it transition into sadness. I went to the gym yesterday morning, played patriotic songs, and bawled my eyes out. I don't know Trump personally, and I wasn't against him being president for a personal reason. I've just thought that someone with his behavior should not lead the country. I believe any leaders, fears, insecurities, sufferings, etc. permeate the culture of an organization and I believe may permeate uh, American culture as well or not. I know I've adopted a lot of my parents' traits and there are plenty on which I strive to be the exact opposite, blah, blah. Okay. I just hope that we can help the people at the top feel more emotionally whole. <laughs> So that they spread love instead of fear. That all being said, I feel afraid. I feel calm. I feel motivated. And I feel sad. And I'm glad you came across my feed today. And I'm like, listen, bitch. All this kumbaya shit is all nice and rosy and cute when you're a white man. I love and you're straight how... and you're sis. It's cute. Like, it's a cute look. But that's not what like I love how what how he made it all about him. <laughs> like you did mm -hmm. you even open the thing and look at what we're talking about? Mm -hmm. And the whole thing, I like I I don't think a racist is a racist. I think a racist is a human. Okay, bitch. But to me, a racist is someone who wants to kill me and my kids. I'm sure that I like send us back to Africa. Sure so what's babe. up? I'm sure that like what, what what's happening? So this whole display. You know, let's. I of feel privilege. motivated. Let's just do the work. Let's just spread love, bitch. Word. You are not, you're not at a risk. You're not, you're not threatened. And, and honestly, I say this, like, bless his heart. I love him so much. But I, I don't think he sees his privilege as a white man in America. 
I think he's all into like this really uh, doing the emotional work and all of that. But meanwhile, you're colored friends and I know you have some because you've lived in Tanzania, bitch. Like they're not, they don't feel safe. They don't want their kids to go to school because they don't feel safe either. And you're here talking to me about all this kumbaya, like building a fire. Girl, no. No. I this is sort of going on a little bit of a tangent, but we've introduced all this new vocabulary that people now don't understand like the basics. Like they don't get it. They don't understand that like those are real things. They're so like the word is so is so unfamiliar, it's so foreign that it's just Because it's just it's it's something new that you've never heard before that people are using in a different way. So you're just like, oh, I don't I don't know what that is. So it, it must not be me. It must not be mine. But I feel like I feel like it's so interesting how white men are this now the safest demographic. White heterosexual men are the safest demographic in America now, Grace. But they but they don't but they think they're oppressed. They think they're just like the rest of us. They think, you know, they are going to go through the same struggle that we are. Oh, I feel so sad. And I just, I cried so much. because Why did you cry? Why did you cry? If you think a race is a, ra- a, race is a human being and it's just fear, they're just scared. Oh my God, they're just, they're just little baby birds who are scared and we need to take care of them. If that's what you think a racist is, then what are you scared of? What is the fear that you're talking about? What, why were you scared? Why were you crying? You see what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. Like, you just want to be... You just want to be ma'ana, which is weird because, like, I would kill to be fa- to feel safe. I would kill to just feel like I don't have to worry. I can walk Girl. down the street and whistle my way to work and just not have to worry about getting my wig snatched because of the color of my skin and or because of my religion always, or because of my gender or whatever. It's, it's always the white men who have some shit to say, girl. Like, my whole uh, Facebook wall post... Uh, Trump thing was a fucking mess because I hadn't posted anything on Facebook in like maybe two or three years and I don't know why it like why did I take it there I do not know this is what Twitter is for but whatever and also like someone uh, jumped in my mentions and they were like oh well France is also racist and they're gonna get Marine Le Pen and blah 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 and I was like that is true <laughs> France is racist and Marine Le Pen is a possibility And that is going to make life harder for right. all people of color. And it doesn't make and then it any less scary. My friend's husband jumps in and he's like, no, not all French. Like, why, why are you stereotyping French people? And I'm like, bitch, oh listen, just because God. you married a black girl does not... This whole not all... Like, do you... I was just watching a video on YouTube by a YouTuber by the name of Jade. Her her YouTube handle, I think, is like Foxy Hot Mess or something. I don't know. And she was, it was a, a video that she made post-Trump. And she was talking about all this whole, like, not all white people. Not all white people are racist. Not all. And she was like, duh, girl, we know. Thank you, we're not dumb. Like, yes, of course, not every single French person feels this way thank you captain obvious like why do we even have to have this conversation it goes without fucking okay listen i've had this conversation with so many white people and i'm going to say it now once and for all because i am so done um 
white people need to understand that when we say, oh, America's racist or like, oh, France is racist, we are not talking about every single individual one of you. Racism is not the sum of racist people. I feel like th that's, that's the gist of my arguments with a lot of white people. Like they think that because, you know, they had an okay education and uh, they grew up with colored friends and, uh, the, you know, like blacks and Arabs and Asians and all of that. And they think that they grew up in like a household of tolerance and open-mindedness and all <laughs> of that, that racism, does, racism doesn't exist anymore, that we live in some sort of post-racial uh, society. Fuck that. Racism is not the sum of racist people. And that's all I have to say. Like, if you don't understand that, I have nothing for you. I am exhausted of these conversations. At the this one, point. the tired. one thing that that I want to say is, if somebody says um, these white people are on one and they're racist, and you as a white person who understands that racism exists and that it does and can come from white people and you but your first reaction when you hear somebody say that is to get defensive to me that means that in you somewhere in some corner of your spirit you feel the things that those racist people feel right Right? And it's just, it's so weird. Which leads me to feel a type of way about you. That's so true. And it's really weird. I don't understand where it comes from. Like, I have, and I think we've established this fact, but I have a lot of gay friends. And speaking amongst themselves, they do say, like, oh, my God, all these straight people are, like, fucking idiots or whatever. Right. And my first reaction is, like, oh, my God, no, not all straight people. I'm like, you know what word? Like, straight people are dicks. I agree. I understand. I feel where you're coming from, girl. Like, so what is it? I don't understand. Like, what motivates you to be so upset about like that's what, what i'm saying it's done. it's really I'm suspicious like why are you getting mad it's not about you i'm not talking about you unless i am and i don't know it you know what it's i'm saying not. like and as as long as you understand that you know that statement is coming from a place of oppression by a group that you were a part of, even though you specifically as an individual try to not contribute right. to that oppression, it's not like, why, why are you so pressed? Why are you mad? If you're not racist and you don't do racist things, why are you getting defensive? Why, you have, why do you feel the need to say not all white people? I, why can't you just oh, be like, oh, that's not about me and keep it moving? Understand. Girl, bye. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm done with everything. I'm done with the oh my god, let you know, let's start a conversation, understand these people. I'm done with a racist is not a racist, a racist is a human being. I'm done with uh hashtag not all white people. I am done with 
all of it. With like you can miss me with everything. all of that shit in 2017. Yo, I'm ready all for 2017 to be here. Leave it behind. I will gladly give away these last two weeks. Girl, of I'm scared. December. I feel like it's gonna be worse than 2016. I'm ready to go to Mars. <laughs> Let's talk about some yes or yes ma'ams, please. Uh, well, you go ahead because I have none, as usual. My uh, yes sir for this week goes to the man whose name I do not know. <laughs> because well, the link won't open. Hold okay. on. Let me... Can I send this to you? Can I Facebook this to you? And then you okay. uh, open it because <laughs> I don't send that as a message. Um... Because for some reason, my internet will not cooperate. Okay. So, yeah, our yes sir this week goes out to um, Professor Kamal Mustafa, who won the most innovative, most innovative idea award for 2016 from uh, Norway for his research in stem cells. From Khartoum University. Yeah, so him and his team won Best Innovative Idea. Shout out to all the Sudanese scientists hey, out here. Sudanese excellence. On some up? Sudanese excellence. We are so proud of you. Yes, we are. Um, on, a com- on a different note, but also uh, in the Scandinavian mm-hmm. realm, our Yes Ma'am goes out to Azza Ali, who is the... Um, producer and editor on a show uh, in Sweden on Swedish TV called Melanin. Okay. And it is a show that centers the experience of Swedish people of color, uh, specifically black Swedish people. Mm -hmm. And there are so far six episodes, I believe, and they're all online that can be watched. They have been subtitled in English for our viewing pleasure. Cool, I need to get on that. Uh, Isa is super cool. And yeah, I'm very proud of her because uh, the first episode tells you a lot about how little representation Mm -hmm. there is in media of uh, black Swedes. Um, And in fact, in in the first episode, uh, the girl who does the, who's, who is it's more of a okay she calls up she calls up some some um i think their their channels or or production companies i'm not sure and she's talking to these execs these like tv execs mm-hmm. um and they're all like talking about diversity and how they quote, oh, diversity is important. And one of them says, oh, we actually have a, a, a diverse staff. We have a Russian lady. Um, okay. We have uh, two people from, from uh, I think it was Poland or Finland or Norway. I don't remember. So, you know, there is some diversity in our staff. And the girl is like, the girl just looked at the camera like, uh, are, are you... <laughs> Are you kidding? Um, So anyway, I just think it's really interesting that, you know, this is a a a part of the black diaspora that we don't really hear much about. I I know people who grew up in Sweden and talk about how racist Swedish society is. So this is really interesting. And the fact that a Sudanese girl is involved in this is just kind of like the icing on the cake. So yeah. shout out to Azali. Yes, shout ma'am. Out, girl. Thank you for being Sudanese excellence out here 
making us be visible and stuff in these Swedish streets. Yes, ma'am. Oh, wait, I have another yes, ma'am, actually. Okay. Um, my yes, ma'am goes out to Yusra Al-Bakir. Hey. Uh, remember how I shouted her out because she was nominated for this year's uh, Thompson Foundation Young Journalist Award? Well, she won. So, woo, girl. <laughs> get it. Get it, girl. Yeah, get it. Honestly, Sudanese excellence out the wazoo. Like, I'm so, so proud. And that is peak Sudanese excellence. Like, the whole family Sudanese excellence. Also, so. can we talk about... After that, she got verified on Twitter. So she is now part oh, of yeah. a select group of Sudanese who are verified True. on Twitter. Just winning, Yanni. Winning, Shadid. I'm so proud. Just fixing your life. Word. All over. Um, all right. Um, okay. Any final know. thoughts or stuff you want to share? Or um, shows to watch? or um, <laughs> No. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, your life is fascinating. Yeah, it's oh my god. <laughs> Can I so please great. tell you about the concert now that I've been? Oh, oh yeah. We were we were all waiting oh on god. your uh update on the Chance the Rapper concert. Girl, I posted so many videos on Snapchat and they were disgusting. First of all, because I have an Android, <laughs> and second of all, because my phone is really crap and I was like screaming the whole time, like I'm singing over the music and my voice is really bad and stuff um so i don't think the videos did justice to the concert but it was bomb it was so so good and the thing is i went to that concert with uh so much apprehension first of all i went to the paris concert because the london concert was sold out like even before i started looking at tickets and stuff oh wow yeah because these london people know what's up um So I went, um, yeah, to the concert in Paris, and it was at Le Zenith, which is a fairly big concert mm -hmm. hall. So it was like maybe six or seven thousand people. Oh wow! Um, and I was really skeptical because Paris is not the best concert crowd. Like people are very blasé and. Like, especially when it's any kind of, like, uh, hip-hop or something. <laughs> they're just, they're, like, they're so boring <laughs> and, like, so unreactive and shit. Um, and then we get there and uh, Jay Prince was opening. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a British rapper. I I don't. And he was also fucking bomb. Like, I didn't really... I think I knew one song of his from, like, I don't know, some Spotify mm. playlist. He was so good. Um, so he got people, like, you know, excited and stuff. Hype. And then Chance comes out, and I was so surprised. Everyone was so on point. Like, people knew... All the lyrics to every single song, even wow. his really old shit. Like he sang some That's really, really surprising. Old, yeah, like he sang. He did Sunday Candy and stuff, and people knew. Like they knew everything, like acid rap and even the shit before that. And I was like, whoa, okay, Paris, wow. good for you. Um, and kudos to him for like coming out on stage in Paris 
and talking about race and stuff. Like he was, he was oh like, oh, God. you know, the, Donald Trump a just had a moment. I love it. Seriously, he was like, oh, you know, um, I really needed this concert and like this European tour because Donald Trump just got elected and that's some bullshit. And, you know, it's really difficult being a black man in America right now. And and then he started chanting, fuck Trump. Um, And then at one point uh, he did a little skit with like greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes. Oh, and, that's awesome. that. and I was like, oh, my God, that I is love awesome. black people. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that. And I did, like the whole thing was just really, really good. Like he was he was a hundred percent girl. He that's awesome. Well, I'm glad you could experience yeah, that so for all of fun. us. It was the highlight of my <laughs> year. I am <laughs> done with 2016 now. I hope you're jealous. Ahmed Salah. Wink, wink. Um, so yeah, that happened. Other than that, I don't know if I have any show recommendations. I mean, Love and Hip Hop New York oh is back on. Oh my god. No. <laughs> That's Stop. amazing. Like, it's... Girl. If <laughs> you have some trash that you want us to drag or blast or whatever it is, your mode, preferred mode of addressing things that happen in the world... Let us know. You can hit us up on Twitter at NSNM Podcast or through the hashtag NSNM. Or you can email us at nosirnomam at gmail.com. Specifically, please email us yes sir, yes ma'am, because this is the thing that we struggle with the most. Like topics, I feel like we're good on topics and people are really quick to tell us that there's trash happening. But mm-hmm. y'all don't really. Also, trash is just intrinsically easier to find online agreed but y'all don't really aren't really up on the positivity like y'all are not really up on shouting out wonderful people and that's kind of what we want to push more so than i mean the trash is fun but you know there has to be some some layer of halal at the end because otherwise it's just agree and I I think our next show, um, I don't know when we'll be able to record again, but I'm guessing our next show will be the last of this year. Agreed. Um, so maybe uh, hit us up with suggestions if you want us to do like maybe uh, the year in review. Yeah. Or I don't know, just a little something to something. like shake things up and, you know, not yeah. be the same old, same old every week. Um, so yeah, definitely hit us up with, uh, suggestions for mm-hmm. next time's show next week. I was going to say, but no, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's pretty much it. That's it. It's been two hours and we should probably go now. So bye. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye.